Welcome to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Now in our 10th year of podcasting, we are 63 Audio. Do you dare go down into the cellar? Welcome to The Cellar, miniseries 3. Starring the Narada Radio Company and hosted by Cadavra Quivery. Again, fiends. <laughs> Cadaver is so happy to have you return to her beautiful cellar. Hmm? What have I been doing with myself? Well, lately I've been boning up on ancient Greek. <laughs> you see, I've been keeping company lately with an archaeologist. <laughs> He's a very sweet fellow, really. But it seems he'll date anything. <laughs> uh, so, now he's invited me to go with him on his next dig. And how could I refuse? I mean, we already have so much in common. We both absolutely love dead people. <laughs> oh, now I know you didn't stop by just to hear me go on and on about my love life. <laughs> you... Want to hear a creepy story from my great big book, don't you? Well, follow me, fiends. Oh, and watch your step. Some of the things my beau and I have dug up refuse to be buried again. <laughs> See what I mean? Ah! Here we are. <laughs> ah, yes. Tonight's tale takes place in ancient times and is based on an old folk tale involving a deal struck between a blacksmith and a certain gentleman <clears throat> who shall remain nameless. <laughs> Ready? Let's listen.
<clears throat> Once upon a time, a time that may or may not have existed, there lived a blacksmith whose forge stood on the edge of a small village that itself stood on the edge of annihilation. This is it. For now, I should, I should have another three score in about five days. The rebels will be here within three days. I'll see what I can do. Is this all we can expect? Hammers and scythes? What do you want from me? We want weapons, not shoddy farm tools. Do I look like the forge master of some lord's castle? Farm tools are what I make. You think they teach some run-of-the-mill blacksmith swordcraft? People come to me for nails and horseshoes, not arms and armor. Even if I had the knowledge, I don't have the means to make them. The war has cut our shipments of ore down to a trickle. All the best material has been claimed for the prince's armory. I'm working with next to nothing. The rebel lords have taken every village south, east, and west of us and put them and, and their inhabitants to the torch and sword. The prince has shut his gates to us. We are cut off and have nowhere to flee. We need weapons if we're to have any hope of survival. Then you best let me get back to making those shoddy tools for you. I remember you as a boy. Your father was the best surgeon our village could have hoped for. It is a shame you did not inherit his trade. We will need a surgeon of his talent if these are what we must go to war with. day the blacksmith never left his forge. As the sun sank into the west, the sound of the smith's hammering still echoed through the dusk. The light of a full moon shone high above when a stranger in a dark traveler's cloak rode up to the echo of the hammer's ceaseless ring. Hello! There's someone in there, or is it just very productive mice I hear? Go away, we're closed. The door is unbolted and your forge is still glowing. Hardly closed by what I can tell. I am at work and have no time. No time, of course, and this will require no time whatsoever. Afterwards, you will not find me ungrateful. What do you want? (whistles) 
a sip of water for me and my horse, who also needs shoeing. It has been a long, hard ride for us both, with many more miles yet to go. Water's free, but the shoes will cost you coin. Six coppers should suffice. Yes, it should. It's just... Just. I uh, seem to find myself a little short on coin at this particular moment. In that case, have your drink and be on your way. But if you'd extend a traveller just a few days' credit, upon my return I'll pay you triple your asking price. I'll even leave you my mark as proof of my word. By the time you return, I very likely won't be here to collect on your debt. Are you planning on moving? (laughs) Into the next world, perhaps? I don't follow. Before the sun sets on the following day, the rebel lords will have sent their forces to scourge our village and send every last man, woman and child to their graves. And the only thing that stands in the way of this fate are these lousy field tools I've been slaving day and night to make. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've a lot to do before I die. Yes, you do. I'll trouble you no more. Wait. (sighs) Bring the beast inside. I can't let some poor creature run itself to death on these roads. You are the very soul of charity. (laughs) Charity, nothing. I expect to spend every coin you promised if I'm alive on your return. Now fetch the damned horse. Uh, Yes, yes, of course. Jesus. Ooh, he doesn't like that word. Shh, 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 shh. It's okay, it's all right. I'm here, I'm here. I think you startled him even more than he startled you. It's eyes. Burn like hot coals, yes, yes. It took eons of careful breeding to get that just right. But you are worth it. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Who? Who? Who are you? Ah, yes. Now we come to it. Well, my friend, I am here on behalf of someone quite powerful, who is aware of the plight that you and your village face, and wishes to offer you his full assistance. I've been empowered to provide you with all the resources you need to this end, with no upfront payment required. Upfront? What do you mean? Ah, uh, 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 I've yet to have a sip of water, and my throat is ever so parched. We can talk terms after I've quenched my thirst and you've shooed my horse. I promise he'll do you no harm, unless I tell him otherwise. Over the sipping of water and the hammering of shoes, the two strangers talked. 
Explanations were given, promises were made, and terms delicately forged, until at last, after what might have been hours or only minutes, the rider reached into his dark traveler's cloak and yielded up. That's it. Were you expecting something else? For what I'm paying for it, well, yes. Even I've made hammers better looking than this. Does a tool have to sparkle in the sunlight to fulfill its purpose? Hmm? Trust me, with this hammer in your hand, you can bend the very elements to your will. You're asking a steep price. From which you'll have a ten-year reprieve. A steep price to accept on only your word. Oh, that hurts. But I suppose a demonstration might be in order. Take the hammer. Now go to the forge. No, not that forge. The other one. Mm, but that one's cold. Trust me. Good. Now give it a light tap on the side. Good God. Must you keep bringing him into this? S sorry. Old habits. Fine. Now then. Wait. What are you doing with those? It'll only be a second. <gasps> it took me all day to... Patience! All right. I think three hammer strikes should suffice, if you would. Very good. Now, let's get it into some water... And now let's see what we have wrought. What do you think of that? I... I could never possibly make a blade like that. No craftsman in the world could. Until today. It's... It's beautiful. How does it... Is that your only anvil? Huh? No, but... What in the name of... Took practically no effort. But those tools, with the material I had, there's no way they could make a blade like... Oh, my sweet, naive friend. With this hammer, any material in this world can be used to forge your heart's desire. Now throw some coal into the forge. The flames are plenty hot already. Just do as I say. Five blows this time. A breastplate? Find me an armorer who can make stronger. Hint, you won't. <laughs> Hold it up to your chest. Like this? Perfect. Just don't move your hands. What? Wait! How do you like that? <gasps> you alright? You... You knocked the wind out of me. If not for that armor, I would have knocked your entrails out of you. 
That sword just cut through my anvil like butter. So if a sword like this can't pierce that plate, what chance do the swords of your enemies have? It's miraculous. Miraculous? Oh no, my friend. You haven't seen anything yet. Even doubts? Your most bountiful resource. Now, this will require a more delicate hand. Seven strikes should do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Perfect. Now, if I may. Tiny metal balls? Toys? Metal, yes. Toys, far from it. Move to this side of the table, please. Now, on my word, strike your hammer directly behind the pile. And whatever you do, do not strike the spheres directly. Are you ready? Yes. Then strike! God in heaven! You keep invoking that name and my client may start taking it for ingratitude. No, no, please. Your client has done more than I could imagine. I... I'm just... The wall's nothing but splintered wood. Imagine how flesh and bone would fare. I've never seen anything that can compare. And be grateful that you haven't. Should the day come that man can recreate a sliver of such power, I'd suspect the end times would not be far behind. With this hammer, I can save my village, my people. And become rich and powerful in the process. That's... Not important, naturally. Only the welfare of your people matters. And so I must ask on behalf of your people and my client... Do we have an agreement? We do. Ah, magnificent! I've taken the liberty of writing up the standard contract with all the terms we've previously discussed. All it requires to make it official is your signature uh, right here. I... I can't write. Of course you can't. Just make your mark. Any scratch or two will do to make it binding. You're not going to try to cheat me because I can't read. <laughs> if I have the gall to try, our bargain would be forfeit. All right, then. <laughs> do I need to sign in blood or something? Blood is fine, if that's what you wish. Piss would also be acceptable. But I've always found that ink is the more practical choice. Here you are. Is something wrong? Ah, no. No, nothing. It's nothing. It's just... Just... A steep price to pay, I know, I know. 
it's not fair to be asked to give up so much so others will not have to. It's quite a lot like your father in that way. My father? What do you know about? He was the town surgeon, was he not? How do you... It was a terrible thing. The plague that befell your village. So many lives extinguished like torches in a heavy rain. So many? No one dared to treat the victims. Except my father. Except your father. He did what no one else would do and saved the lives of so many. Even as the plague ripped him apart from the inside out. He saved the village. He did. By making the ultimate sacrifice, he did. And tonight, that very village holds its collective breath, waiting to see if his son is willing to do the same. And that will do. Well, I best be moving along. My client will be anxious to hear my report. Yes, and I have much to do before daybreak. I imagine it must be almost dawn. Not at all. Come see for yourself. Listen, do you hear? I hear nothing. Everything is still. Still? Exactly. I said this would take no time, and no time has passed. <laughs> oh, by the stars. I'd strongly suggest you get a good night's sleep. But my work... We'll keep till tomorrow. Trust me. If you say, but... Then I'll be on my way. My thanks for the drink and the horseshoes. You're welcome. I shall return in exactly ten years' time. Until then, my friend. Ten years. When dawn broke, the smith woke and thought he'd dreamt the whole thing, until he felt the handle of the hammer curled tight in his grip. He then got to his feet and set to work. It was only a little past midday when the smith brought his cart about and piled it high with the swords, axes, and suits of armor he had crafted. And beneath his arm he carried a small wooden crate that clinked and clacked with the sound of over a hundred metal spheres. It was on the following day, shortly before dusk, that the rebel forces appeared on the horizon. We should sound the charge. Take them unawares. Open your eyes. They are fully aware of us. No... We must let them come to us. Have the men hold their positions until I say otherwise. I, I'm not sure. 
Trust me. You still haven't told us what is inside that crate. You'll find out soon enough. Here they come. Perfect. They're almost upon us. Just a little closer. We have to sound the charge. Steady. They're right on top of us. Counterattack! Saints preserve us! The command! Y yes! Upon them! No prisoners! No mercy! Attack! The moon had reached its peak when the bloody work had finally come to its end. Though the groans of the dying would haunt the night until the break of day. When at last the sun shone down on the killing field, it was revealed that not a single soul from the village lay amongst the dead. Word spread far and wide of the smith whose craft had brought about this miraculous victory, until even the prince of the land, who'd finally bestirred himself to crush the remaining rebels, came in person to give his thanks, and more importantly, his patronage. Soon lords and royals from near and far made the journey to this tiny village to trade with the humble blacksmith and pay him handsomely for his fabled skills. But even... <sighs> but even as the smith grew ever more rich and admired, a terrible dread weighed heavily upon his soul. A dread made manifest in two words. Ten years. Each day a falling grain of sand in the hourglass, he tried to lose himself in work, luxury, and self-betterment as he learned the higher mysteries of reading and writing. But in the end, it always came back to those two words. Ten years. The drumbeat of time pounded ever onward until nine years slipped away like water in a clutched fist. Then one morning, the first villager to call on the smith found the door to his forge bolted shut and a piece of parchment nailed to it, upon which were written four words. Gone travelin', will return. Eleven moons would wax and wane before the blacksmith returned. When he did, he locked his forge to everyone, and for the next twenty-seven nights, the villagers would go to bed to the endless claim of the hammer and anvil. The moon hung full in the sky again when the stranger in the dark traveler's cloak galloped up to the blacksmith's door and knocked three times.
we meet again, my friend. And well met, too. It's been too long. Actually, I'd say it's been exactly long enough. <sighs> yes. I suppose it has. Will you come in? You've fixed the place up quite nicely since I was here last. These years have treated you well, it seems. They have, yes. My work is known far and wide. I've influence equal to that of a high lord. I have more wealth than I honestly know what to do with. Getting out to see the world was a nice use. I'm sorry? You did some traveling in the past year. Did you not? Y yes, I did. I'd spent so many years focused on my work that I thought it was high time I see what lay beyond my little village. I'm glad you did, truly. The truth is, uh, part of me was sure that I'd come here only to find the place empty. Ask any customer I've done business with. I always keep my appointments. Forgive me for ever doubting you. Now, shall we conclude our business here? Please, let's. But may I ask a boon of you first? And that would be... On my travels, I visited a vineyard by the sea and fell in love. <laughs> With their wine. So much so that I bought up all of their stores. I've only a few left. Will you not let me take them with us when we depart here tonight? an agent of hell, not a monster. Of course you can bring them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Here, let's have a bottle to celebrate. No, I really... Oh, please, it's, it's the sweetest thing you've ever tasted. I shouldn't. Just one cup. Uh, to mark the end of our venture. Oh, what the hell? Let's have a cup. To ten years. Ten years. Mm, this is sweet. Truly. Several hours later. No. Oh. oh, good. You're awake. Oh, the wine. Yeah, sorry about that. I drugged the wine, but I started to wonder if it would even work on you. So I... well, you know. Come to think of it, I wasn't even sure that blow would have done the trick. Either would have. Really? Well, you learn something new every day. What? What is the meaning of this? Yes... I suppose we should talk about this. Oh, no. No. That's not how this works, you miserable maggot. You unbind me now and get down on your knees and... I'm afraid it's you who doesn't understand how this works. You are going to sit where you are and we are going to have a calm, civil 
conversation. I'll have you roasted on a rusted spit for this. Shall I do the other knee then? I want you to know how very sorry I am that it has come to this. Truly, I take no pleasure in this. <laughs> then why? Ten years. <laughs> Ten years? Ten years. Ten years of sleepless nights. Ten years knowing all of my work and achievements will amount to nothing. Ten years of, of loneliness, keeping my distance to avoid... Bearing the loss when I... When you... <laughs> Am I sensing some buyer's remorse? What is it you want? A renegotiation. Renegotiation? Of the terms of our contract, yes. And what terms would you like to renegotiate? I've had some time to think on that. Ten years. In which I've come to realise ten years was never going to be enough time. And you knew that going into this. And what would be enough? Fifty years? A hundred? You don't understand. You played me false. You entered this pact with me in bad faith. Therefore, all terms of our agreement should be... How did you put it? Oh yeah, forfeit. So it's not a renegotiation you want, but a release. I suppose it is. And I suppose if I were to release you from our contract, you'd turn the hammer back over to me? The new terms would include that the hammer be... gifted to me. As reparations for damages incurred. <laughs> oh, aren't we the scholar? First renegotiation, now reparations. I'm happy you can find some humour in this. Oh, I do. I do. I truly admire your temerity, your spirit. I suppose that's why my master wants it so much. It's also why I'm willing to overlook this little indiscretion. Release me, resume your debt, and we can chalk this unfortunate incident up to uh, last-minute jitters. We'll talk more later. Our talk is over. Seven circles. What are these made of? I'm glad you asked. I haven't been idle these past ten years. I've been improving myself. I've learned to read and write. Congratulations. And in my studies, I stumbled across the legend of the lost saint. He was no lord or priest, just a ragged shepherd from the hills. One day, a host of bandits arrived to sack his village. The villagers fled, but the shepherd stood his ground. He told the bandits to leave, or else he would have to destroy them. <laughs> the bandits laughed and sent a volley of arrows at the shepherd. And that's when the first miracle happened. The arrows all veered off and fell harmlessly away from the shepherd. Oh, this angered the bandits, who sent volley after volley at the shepherd, all with the same results, until they'd spent every last arrow they had. <laughs> 
So the bandits charged the shepherd and fell on him with sword and axe and mace. And that's when the second miracle happened. For all their efforts, they could not cut or crush him. They went at him for hours until the last bandit collapsed from exhaustion and the shepherd remained unscathed. Exhausted, the bandits gathered the last of their strength to seize the shepherd and haul him to where the village well stood and heaved the shepherd over the edge to plummet into the dark depths below. And that's when the third miracle happened. No, he'd drown. But while the bandits were focused on the shepherd, the forces from a nearby lord were able to flank and annihilate them entirely. And from that day forward, the village well became a hallowed spot. The final resting place of the nameless shepherd, the lost saint who saved his people. Is that who you imagine yourself to be? A lost saint? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. If you had even a sliver of such piety, we would... I followed every lead I could find, traveling over plains, mountains, and seas, until at last I came to the hills where a village once stood, and there in the midst of that emptiness stood the well... It took me days, but I finally exhumed his body and brought the lost saint home to my forge. He was the strongest raw material I've ever worked with, not to mention the most difficult. Even with his hammer, it took me almost a month to forge these links from his bones. But I smiled to think that if it took me this long to forge the chain... Imagine how long it would take to break it. Yes, yes, I see your logic. But it matters little. One month, one year, I will break free. But you'll not be here to see it. That I promise. You'll never see another sunrise. You may have a low cunning, but in the end you're nothing more than a brute. And a brute can ever hope to triumph over an agent of hell. You didn't think I'd rely solely on that chain to hold you, did you? That spike I drove through your foot was forged from the teeth of the lost saint's upper jaw. I still have quite the bite to them, as you can probably attest. I'll drag your wretched soul screaming into the deepest pit of hell for this, you treacherous one. This second spike was forged from the teeth of his bottom jaw. Now hold still, please. No, 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 no. Please. Please. You, you'd be nothing without that hammer. You're wrong about that. Your hammer has given me many things, it's true. But the most important things I already possessed. One of them is imagination. Here, let me show you. I made this from the saint's fingernails, thin and sharp enough to split a strand of hair. With a blade like this, I could peel layers of skin away like you would an onion. That's something else I didn't get from your hammer. I got that from my father. I may not have followed in his footsteps, but I did learn many things from him. I learned how much pain a body can stand, how to keep a deft and steady hand. But above all, he taught me the most important of virtues. Patience. 
I'll go down this path with you for as long as it takes, for as far as you're willing to go, and I will take no joy in doing so. But I'm giving you the chance to end it right here. It's up to you. Are you ready to renegotiate? <laughs> what do you hope to gain from this? The moment the bargain was struck, heaven was forever forfeit to you. That will not change, even if I release you. If not hell, where will you go? Salvation is beyond you. <sighs> well, I guess we'll start with the pinky and work our way back. Six suns and seven moons would rise and fall as the renegotiation took place, marked with the occasional sob and the frequent scream. Things were learned over this time that joy could indeed be found in what should be a joyless task, and even the forces of hell have their limits. By the time it was finished, a new contract had been hammered out, written up, and signed in blood. There had been an ample supply. As the seventh sun began to rise, the doors to the forge opened and out walked the blacksmith, carrying his erstwhile guest, bundled in his black traveler's cloak. you go. There, there. Made that saddle special for you. Should be able to keep you up even with the missing appendages. Don't try to speak. I, I doubt I'd understand any of it. You just make sure this remains secure in your cloak. Don't worry about your eyes. I'm sure your horse will find the way. When you arrive, I'm trusting you to put that contract directly in your master's hand. I'll left you enough fingers to do that. And if any of your fellow agents got the notion of trying to collect, you tell them what to expect if they try. I think even without your tongue, you should be able to convey that message very clearly. Have I made myself clear? In that case, my old friend, may we never meet again. And the blacksmith's gambit did pay off. No demon would dare go near him from that day forward, nor any living thing for that matter. Morning to you. It did not matter how kind his smile or how soft his words. One would only have to look him in his eyes to see the emptiness where humanity should have been. Ten years. Hell could not claim him. 
Heaven would not take him, and even death itself feared him. The only thing that held no fear of the blacksmith was time. Fifty years. Time brought its ravages to the smith as it did for all things, raking him with all the aches and indignities of age. A hundred. He watched helplessly as everyone and everything he ever knew rotted and crumbled away into the dust of time, and yet... <sighs> Two hundred. He lingered. Time had left the once proud blacksmith a shunned and decrepit thing. He now longed for death's release, but it would not come for him. And so the day came when the blacksmith decided to take matters into his own hands. Infirm as he was, he hefted the hammer he had sacrificed his humanity for and began to forge. The song of hammer strokes sang throughout the day and into the night, and when their tune had finally ceased, the entire forge was flooded waist-deep with tiny metal spheres. His work done, the smith waded into the center of the silver flood and raised his hammer high for one last strike. To oblivion. When the dust had settled, a lone figure that may have once been human stood where the smith once had. Its entire body was scorched and scoured, its limbs tattered and bent out in grotesque angles, and yet, despite all of this, it still clutched the hammer in its one raw, mangled hand. The thing let out a sickening noise that may have been a sigh. <laughs> and shambled and staggered away. And the creature that had once been the blacksmith wandered through the world, and some say eventually beyond it. And so... And so, uh, if you'll excuse me. Can I help you? In oh, so you want to enter now? Be long here. I thought you did, too, once. I remember the time and effort we spent to get you. You were quite the investment. Then let in. Well, I'm afraid we have a bit of a complication with that. You see... This contract, written and signed by you in the blood of one of my agents, you may recall, 
expressly states that I now and forever forfeit any claims to your immortal soul. I do question the legality of the methods you used to acquire this agreement. My poor agent hasn't been the same since, but my experts on the matter assure me the document is legally binding. So, I'm afraid my hands are tied in this matter. Now, unless there's anything else I can... Work. I'm sorry? Work me. You. You want to work for me. <laughs> and what, pray tell, would be your desired vocation? Don't lie, you'd be brilliant at that job. Put all my other torturers to shame. Hell, I have little doubt you'd come up with new methods even I could never dream of. And therein lies the crux of the problem. Problem. You see, after seeing what you did to my agent, I can't be certain that even I'd be safe from your clutches. You see, even the devil himself fears you. Please take some solace in that. Pardon? Break. Gate. You are most welcome to try. I should warn you, these gates have stood since time began, and they are very thick. And I'll be on the other side when you do. Until then. And so he stands there to this day. The one poor fool <laughs> trying to break into hell. The clangs of his hammer strikes echoing throughout eternity. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that creepy folk tale from days of yore. Oh, but I have some bad news for you. My archaeologist and I have parted ways. Yes, I realized finally that I couldn't associate myself with a man whose life was in ruins. <laughs> oh, on top of that, he was quite greedy. He wouldn't listen when I said... You can't have archaic and eat it too. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid that then he went all ancient Rome on me and tried to stab me with a pair of Caesars. <laughs> oh, oh, 
my creeps. Oh, that was The Renegotiation by Kevin Cordes, honorable mention winner of our 2019 audio drama script writing competition. We're very happy to have produced this script at long last. <laughs> and now, fiends, this is your hostly ghost, <laughs> your ghostly host, Cadaver Quivery. Reminding you to join us next time for our mini-series finale. <laughs> and remember, don't take candy from stranglers. Listening to The Renegotiation, Episode 4 of the Seller's Third Miniseries, which was produced and directed by Pete Lutz. The theme was composed and performed by Tom Rory Parsons. Our cast consisted of the following players Nick Womack as the Orator, Jason D. Johnson as the Smith. Orlando Segura as the agent, and Chuck Wilson as the elder. Cadavera Quivery is played by Angela Young. Additional music was by Dr. Ross Bernhardt. This is Trevor Rhines speaking. The Cellar is a 63 audio production mixed and mastered in Corpus Christi, Texas. Join us next time when Cadavera presents an eerie pulp fiction tale of subterranean horror called Far Below. Next time on The Cellar. audio this is mutual now you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee Feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio drama. So yeah, either the main Mutual Audio Network feed for all types and genres of audio drama, or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.